Hey folks, you know what? A small regret is slouching in the dentist chair thinking I should have brushed and flossed better. A big health regret is listening to your doctor and thinking I should have paid attention to nutrition when I was younger. I have that regret a lot. Better health today and when it matters most is why I take Field of Greens. Field of Greens is unlike any fruit and vegetable or green product. Field of Greens isn't watered down extracts. Field of Greens is an organic superfood. It's whole fruits and vegetables. Each fruit and vegetable was selected by doctors to support vital body functions like heart, liver, kidneys, metabolism, and of course, your immune system. And only Field of Greens is backed by a better health promise. At your next checkup, your doctor will notice your improved health or you're gonna get your money back. Don't look back and say, I should have paid attention to nutrition when I was younger. Field of Greens is a key to better health today, right now, and when it matters most. Let's get you started with 15% off and free shipping. All you got to do is visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS at checkout. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Hello, America. And welcome to the Monday edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News, where we're hoping you had a great weekend. Maybe enjoyed some of that spring weather, had a cookout, maybe threw some Kansas City steaks on the ground. I don't know, did you? I did. Um, We're so glad you're back with us. And today, as we often try to do, we try to bring you some exclusive news, news you can't get anywhere else. It's factual. We give you the documents. If you go to justinews.com and you click on any story and you click on the dig in button, you see our documents. We're not trying to hoodwink you. We don't got these anonymous sources saying, trust us, this story's right, like the bogus story that CNN had this weekend about Matt Gates being turned down for a meeting with Donald Trump, which, by the way, Donald Trump and Gates said it didn't happen. We give you documents and we let you make up your own mind. And today we. Uh, were able to provide to the public a really important set of new documents in the election integrity story, specifically in the in the city of Detroit. And we're so grateful for the Freedom of Information Act work that my colleague and I, uh, Natalia Middlestat, has done in Michigan. Uh, we filed several FOIAs. We've been pressing them and fighting with the bureaucrats who don't want to give up information and these open records requests. And we're making some progress. And today... We're going to bring in Phil Klein, the executive director of the Amistad Project, a group that has done more than I think any other to highlight the irregularities and uh, and peculiarities, in some cases illegalities, that occurred in this past election. Let's keep in mind, there are at least three major court rulings, at least three major court rulings that I'm aware of, that concluded that illegal actions that could have affected the outcome of the election occurred. One was in Wisconsin, where the Wisconsin Supreme Court ruled uh, unequivocally that the state did not have the right to allow people to self-declare themselves disabled and homebound and file their absentee ballots without an ID uh, requirement, meeting the ID requirement. That's been determined to be unlawful. How many people did it? They believe between 200 and 250,000 in the state where the vote between Joe Biden and Donald Trump was just 20,000. That's a big ruling. And then we'll go to another state. Uh, in the state of Michigan, a court has ruled that the Secretary of State violated the law in giving unlawful instructions that election clerks should assume a signature was accurate, even if it didn't appear to be so. That's a weird uh, rule, right? It undercuts the whole purpose of signature verification. And then in Virginia, there is a consent decree, as we have reported um, 
that I uh, raised some, uh, acknowledged that there were some illegalities with the way certain absentee ballots were counted, including some that had no postmark. If it was a mailed-in absentee ballot, it should have had a postmark, right? It's a sign there's a problem if there's no postmark. Some non-postmark ballots were counted, and a court, through a consent decree, has determined that that was unlawful and it should never happen again. So when you hear people say, no irregularities, no illegalities in this election, you can call bunk on that because we've given you those rulings. But today... Uh, and Phil Klein's going to come on in a few seconds and talk about this. We identified a new intrusion source of money that Mark Zuckerberg sent to the city of Detroit. We're talking $7.4 million of private money from Mark Zuckerberg through his nonprofit group called the Center for Tech and Civic Life. They gave $7.4 million just to the city of Detroit. To put that in perspective, the whole election budget for a whole year, primaries and general elections for the city of Detroit by taxpayers is $13 million. And Mark Zuckerberg throws in another $7.5 million directly to the election judges and administrators uh, of the election. And what were they asked to do? You can look at this yourself. You don't take my word for it. The documents are online because we obtained them. We put them on in the dig in section. They were asked to, quote, dramatically increase voter outreach. Uh, and education. In other words, get more voters in a very blue democratic city to vote this election. And by the way, that worked. Tens of thousands of more people voted in Detroit and Wayne County than they did in 2016. Um, and so Zuckerberg's money had an impact, clearly did. Uh, but the details of what this money was spent on, how it was spent, the questions of legality that these documents raise along with the broader issue. Do we really want private citizens to be able to pay money directly to our election judges and then demand how the election should be carried out? Uh, in Wisconsin, in the city of Green Bay, the city election commissioner actually was set aside for a private individual. And we're going to talk about her email in a second. It's a remarkable story. Again, because of Mark Zuckerberg's private money, not paid to candidates, not paid to political parties, not paid to political action committees or 527s or other lawful political groups, this money went directly to what are supposed to be the neutral arbiters of the election, the election judges, the election administrators, um, the election adjudicators. Does that not concern you? I know a lot of people, it does. We don't want that private influence of money interfering in the way our elections are in Green Bay and now in Detroit and Milwaukee and Racine in Wisconsin. Now we know in Pennsylvania, we know in Georgia, these monies were spread far and wide, big dollars designed to influence the election and require, at least in the cases where we've seen it, require democratic or outreach to voters, i.e. get out the vote uh, in these democratic stronghold enclaves. I just have to think about that for a second. We allowed that to happen. So we got Phil Klein coming here. He's the former Kansas Attorney General, the current Executive Director of the Amistad Project, and one of the most important voices on election integrity. His work has focused on what is provable, the facts, no theories, no wild conspiracy theories, no claims of magical machines and foreign actors. He put together the facts. And as a result, he has several important lawsuits pending in the courts and the documents he and others have been able to, brought to bring to light along with Just the News, which we've done some pretty good work. 
they're changing the narrative about election integrity. Very much so. So much so that two states already, Georgia and Arizona, have banned Zuckbucks, Zuckerberg money, the money that we saw go out. Many other states, including Wisconsin, are looking at that option. Uh, that's how much the education and facts and truth can make a difference. That's why we have a news organization called Just the News to get those facts out into the public so that smart people can make use of them and make better policies, make better protections, do well for the American people. All right, we're going to take a quick commercial break from our great sponsors and advertisers. When we come back, the one, the only, Phil Klein from the Amistad Project, one of the true election integrity experts in this country. He's a straight talker, tells you like it is. Get ready, buckle your seatbelt. Important facts coming your way right after the commercial break. Temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer, a beach bum summer, or a wake-me-up-when-the-sun-sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door, in as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. And as promised, a very special guest, a man who has been on the front lines helping to expose the irregularities uh, that occurred in this past election in 2020. Uh, no one's done it better than Phil Klein of the Amistad Project. And I'm so glad to invite him back to the show and have him here again today. Phil, welcome back. John, great to be with you. Appreciate your work in this area as well. Well, you have been persistent and uh, you opened our eyes more than anyone else. I, you know, when, when I first heard from you about the Zuckerberg project, you, you saw it for what it was. And most of us, you know, what we're trying to get through the election didn't know exactly what was going on. And the more you exposed there, the more you got documents, the more you tallied up the, the money and where it was going and what it was being used for, it became so apparent that this was a private money enterprise trying to take control of public officials running elections. Um, today, we got the new Michigan documents. They're up on our site. And we see what happened in Detroit, $7.4 million, one of the biggest awards that we know of so far, to an individual enclave. Uh, what's your first take on the uh, how the Zuckerberg money was spent in Detroit? And uh, is there anything that concerns you about it? Well, yes, further confirmation that there was a nationwide specific effort to operate a shadow government to benefit the Biden candidacy. And what they did is they poured this money into local offices where there was a Hillary Clinton undervote. In other words, they believed that there were Democrats that did not vote for Hillary Clinton that would vote for Biden and or Democrat strongholds for the purpose of government putting its thumb on the scale and trying to encourage a specific demographic to vote. And the documents that you obtain show that, as, and it's consistent with what we've learned in Wisconsin, what we've learned in Pennsylvania, and we're learning in other swing states. Now, it's, it's real interesting, John. You might recall that one of the documents that you obtained, they speak of, the city speaks of how these funds are going to be used for a strategic outreach yeah. to voters. And, and, and what they mean by strategic as we've learned in Wisconsin, 
where they used what is typical campaign strategies called geofencing. You you grab data, all the data that you can about a person that anticipates their li their likely behavior, and then you map that out and do outreach to those specific purposes. That's a campaign marketing term. It is. It's not supposed to be an election term for government, yeah. but they geofence. And they targeted areas with these private monies and private expertise to specifically benefit the Biden candidacy. And that's wrong. It's not legal. And we have to put a stop to it in the future. It is remarkable. In fact, one of the words that I thought really um, jumped out at me in the documents was the fact that the promise, the goal was they had to dramatically expand voting in this blue city of Detroit, which, by the way, they did. They, I think they got about eighty to 100,000 more voters in 2020 than they did in 20, um, 2016. We've always known that political parties and campaigns and, and outside groups have been allowed to do get out the vote, and that's perfectly legal. The difference here is that we turned the election judges, correct, the election administrators, into Democratic get-out-the-vote operators. Is, is that how you view these documents when, when, you, when you go through them? Absolutely, and not only that, the monies were targeted to specific areas. If this was a statewide campaign for all voters, it could be seen as legitimate, right. but it wasn't. For, for example, let's go back to Green Bay, where, as you know, in Wisconsin, outside interests, the National Voted Home Institute, combined with the Center for Tech and Civic Life, all of them receiving funds from Zuckerberg and leftist interests, actually kicked out the elections clerk. She took a leave of absence on the eve of the election, Unbelievable. and they turned over the keys to these private interests, the keys to the counting room. But what we saw in Green Bay, for example, Green Bay had $47 per voter to spend mm. to manage the election and turn out the vote because of Zuckerberg dollars. Now, in the dominant Trump areas of the state, $4 a voter. Wow. Now, you, you go to Michigan, where, where these recent documents have been revealed. You have Governor Whitmer using executive orders to shut down in-person polling places in areas where Trump prevailed. Um, as you know, Republicans preferred to vote in person on election That's day. That's right. And the governor is screaming, COVID, 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 and we must reduce in-person counting. While at the same time, there are other Democrat officials in Wayne County and Detroit specifically are receiving millions of dollars to increase the number of places for people to vote. And, and you're absolutely right. Wayne County, which is where Detroit is located, increased its turnout 15% during COVID in 2020 over 2016 while losing population from 2016. It's a pretty impressive achievement. And it's because of the Zuckerberg dollars. I mean, that's what's amazing about it. Absolutely, it is. And and the Zuckerberg dollars were also used. And this is stunning to me. And it needs to be a national controversy. If, if the mainstream media would ever be honest about this, what you have is Zuckerberg through CTCL buying the local election judges and the ballot inspectors. It's his money that paid for these people. And it's the ballot inspectors who are hired with his money who are actually casting votes for military personnel. Wow. Um, 
because the military personnel ballots were sent out on paper that the machines couldn't, couldn't read. read. The Michigan Secretary of State, yeah. and, and, and you tell me if this is not a screw-up on her part, mailed all of those ballots on paper that if they are fed into these readers, it crinkles up and can't pass through the optical readers. And so they had 134 tables in Wayne County down at this consolidated counting center of officials, only Democrat officials. Republicans weren't there, and the law required them to be there, who would actually look at the military ballot on this bad paper and then transfer the vote over to a pristine new ballot and cast it for him. Wow. Those folks were paid by Zuckerberg. Those folks didn't include the necessary Republicans as required by law, mm. and nobody had direct oversight, and the voter wasn't there. Now, you tell me that can't be a controversy yeah. or controversial. And also for the, and the men and women of our fighting forces that to have to have a, an inferior ballot and to have a, a, a procedure that would leave them more open to fraud or mistake than if they had their vote counted by a machine with no human hands touching it. Uh, that's a travesty for, for our military families on top of the entire country, for sure. You, you, you said something profound a little bit ago when you talked about what happened in Green Bay, where the city election clerk is essentially supplanted against her will and replaced by a partisan who, by the way, wasn't elected by the people, wasn't even hired by the city. He's an outside liberal partisan activist, and he has the keys to the counting center and overseeing the counting center and even some of the curing, fixing of ballots where people didn't fill them out appropriately. And <clears throat> there was one memo that the Wisconsin Spotlight Organization uh, dug up, I think maybe with the help of some uh, great Wisconsin lawmakers, and it's the city clerk objecting to just how offensive and objectionable what they've just done by allowing this outside partisan to have control of the election. She wrote, she writes, I don't understand how people who don't have knowledge of the process can tell us how to manage the election. What a frightening statement from a career election official that she knew that Zuckerberg's money was bringing in a partisan who was not familiar with the laws and, and rules and procedures of Green Bay, and she was getting supplanted by him. Uh, do we know of any other places where that happened? And even in this place, is there any legal remedy post-election to address what happened there? Well, there's legal action that can be taken, and we are taking it. Now, it will not provide a remedy, of course, for the 2020 election. Right. It will just prohibit this conduct moving forward. And yes, it happened pretty much everywhere early Zuckerberg money touched. Um, for example, in these emails, you see the election clerk uh, in Green Bay um, and the correspondence going back and forth with a group that they termed the elections group, yep. which was an outside group of Democrat activists that include the Center for Tech and Civic Life, to which Zuckerberg gave $350 million. It also included the Center for Civic Design and the National Voted Home Institute. And we've identified eight other nonprofits, some of which also received direct Zuckerberg money and monies from Google, the Skoll Foundation, monies flowing through what's called the Arabella Fund, which is Democrat dark money. Mm. And, and these groups were all engaged in this election groups, as well as Democrat-affiliated attorneys. Now, 
you additionally see them referencing this group working directly with Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And in fact, there are emails from the Wisconsin or Milwaukee elections clerk to the Wisconsin Election Commission Executive Director, highlighting these private groups providing such great service that they ought to share them with some other Wisconsin city. Wow. Now, we move beyond there, we see similar, the same organizations and similar players involved in Pennsylvania. And as we develop this with you, uh, information from Detroit and in Michigan, I'm certain we will see them there as well. So the, the methods are the same. CTCL entered the election process early on, reaching out to these urban core cities and indicating they were going to receive a lot of money in the near future and offering money for them to develop what they called safe election grants. Mm -hmm. Now, um, that was just a title. It was the, the real effort is turnout, and yep. you see that in Detroit, John. When when you when you go 100%. through all of the yeah all of the information, there was three hundred fifty thousand dollars spent on optical reader machines because they were going to increase absentee ballots. Then there was pay for additional workers for voter education and managing the election. I I didn't even see any indication of monies in Detroit on personal protective gear. Or, or cleaning fluids or, or any type of plastic separation of persons or anything relating to COVID. What we saw was turnout. It was all turnout, and it was the consolidated counting centers. Um, we see the same thing in Wisconsin. We see the same thing in Philadelphia. Yeah, I remember. Oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, I remember because you're 100% right. In, in the Green Bay documents, you see even specific racial and ethnic minorities identified, the Hmong, which are a Laotian um, uh, refugee, uh, African-American, Hispanic. So they were even targeting uh, the sub-ethnicities that tend to um, uh, vote more for Democrats than Republicans in the instructions, in the guide, in the grant application. Have you ever seen anything like this before? No. Um, never, except by private organizations. Right, you know, which is legal. When the, when the League of Women Voters can do that, right. they can set up a, uh, a registration table in a ethnic area to try to increase turnout and registration like that. But government itself targeting a demographic to turn out the vote, while at the same time targeting a demographic to suppress the vote, is a violation of a basic American jurisprudential tenant called Equal Protection. It's a violation of the Equal Protection Clause, and it creates a two-tiered election system in which one group of people is favored and one group is disfavored. And of course, that harkens back to the effort to suppress the black vote and enhance white turnout at the turn of the 20th century. Right. And there's all kinds of case law, statute to prevent it. It's just that the demographics were different here. They targeted Republicans to suppress the vote and targeted Democrats to turn out the vote. And government can't play that role. Yeah, and Zuckerberg funded it. They're supposed to be the neutral arbiters of the election. And instead, they became the arm of a liberal activist organization. It's, it's really remarkable. Some people I've talked to in the last few weeks, you know, who've looked at the documents and realized, oh, my gosh, I can't believe this went on. It's unbelievable. 
They say it's the single largest intrusion of unregulated uh, campaign money they've ever seen injected into the system. And you're somewhere between a third of a billion and a half billion dollars when you add up all these groups and their expenditures all going to the election, judges, administrators. Um, uh, it's exactly what our, uh, our laws were intended to prevent, un unregulated money flowing in without any transparency. The only way we get transparency is a, a weeks and months long process of filing Freedom of Information Act requests it's not even publicly available to, to how this money was spent, where it was spent, and for what reasons. It's, it's a travesty. Are you heartened, Phil, by the fact that uh, several states, uh, Arizona, literally in the last week, Georgia, uh, have already passed laws. Uh, Wisconsin looks like there's an early effort to go there, although there's a question whether Governor Evers will uh, veto it. But are you, are you heartened by the fact that enough state legislatures saw what you've exposed and are now trying to lawfully put an end to it, saying you can't do this going forward in our state. No, we're, we're, I'm starting to be heartened by it, that the information is coming out and people are, are becoming concerned. Arizona passed a very strong uh, prohibition against private monies into local election offices, and, and that is a good law. I will mention, John, as we've discussed, we believe it's unlawful now, that new laws didn't need to pass that it is clearly not proper. Um, but it is good that Arizona passed this. And as we've discussed previously, the Georgia law didn't get it done and went the wrong direction as it relates to private money. It did right. other good things, but it missed the boat as it relates to private monies. Um, and I believe other states are going to step forward as well. But what really needs to happen that will, that will prevent this from going forward is we need to continue to press forward to explain in detail all of the evidence that shows how this money was used and how it was used to benefit one candidate. Um, it's important for election integrity to reveal this. It's also important to get America past the Biden-Trump battle and get it focusing on election integrity yep. because as you know, many in the media are irrational in not even brokering any suggestion there was a problem in the election because they have this this bizarre hatred of President Trump so that they can't even hear the information. And they are the biggest block to protecting future elections right now. This blindness, willful blindness of those who want to turn every issue into a we hate Trump issue and refuse to clearly look at what happened. Zuckerberg gave more money than the federal government spent on the election. It's unbelievable. And, and, and I can't, yeah, it's hard to believe that there's nobody in mainstream media who is not clamoring for transparency. Zuckerberg ought to release his communications with David Plouffe, who operated the Zuckerberg Chan Initiative right. and helped arrange the flow of funds. And with CTCL, they ought to come clean and reveal what they did. America deserves that. It is remarkable. And you mentioned the unlawful nature of this. And, and one thing that has struck me as shocking is that the Republican National Committee, who, by the way, it's that's the reason why you have a political party is to watch for these things, to fight them before the election, there, I have found no evidence that they have filed a complaint against this intrusion of private money. They've been AWOL on it. Um, are you surprised by the lack of action by 
the establishment organizations in the Republican and conservative side whose job it was to police this election and make sure things like this didn't happen? And do you foresee a Federal Election Commission complaint uh, being filed to get the process of adjudicating what went on in 2020 declared unlawful? Well, I uh, unfortunately am not surprised, although I am disappointed. And and the reason I'm not surprised is I, I have often, as, as you know, John, I used to serve as attorney general. Right. I was a state legislator yeah. and prosecutor. And I, I know that a lot of elected officials, secretaries of state and local election officials, are so busy in just trying to do the job that they don't think past what is in front of them immediately. And what I mean by that is there are Republican secretaries of state who accept, accepted Zuckerberg money as free money and allowed that money to flow into Democrat cities predominantly. Amazing. And what I mean by free money is they don't have to justify it in their budget. And they don't have to tax for it. So they don't care how it's used or where it comes from. It helps. It helps them look good. And so what you have is a lot of, of um, cross-purposes going on here, and Republican elected officials accepting funds without truly thinking about what they're doing. And I think the Republican National Committee and some other groups are afraid to take on some of these Republican or expose some of these Republican statewide elected officials. Yeah, who and, might have been the beneficiaries of the money, say, right? Yeah. That's right. They, what you got to do is you got to do the right thing. And and these Republican officials should have rejected this money, should have exposed it, like the attorney general of Louisiana did when he learned that CTCL was going down there recruiting Democrat cities to receive this money early in 2020. He helped expose it. Um, that's what should have happened. And, and the Republican Party shouldn't try to cover. And these elected officials should just come forward and say, I made a mistake. Yep. We Let's just fix the system. Yeah, just fix it. It's, it's yeah. really all the American yeah. people are asking for. They're not asking for self-flagellation. They just want the system fixed. And it That's seems right. so difficult for the people who are in charge. Um, as you watch this year fold out, no one has been more prescient in identifying the issues that others missed in the election. Where do you see the election integrity debate going before we have our 2021 November elections and our 2022 elections what are the key issues people should be watching? And if you're concerned about this, how can you get involved? How can you stay on top of it? Well, I, th I think the following issues are significant and structural reforms um, that must happen. First, of course, the ban of private funds uh, to election officials. Secondly, we, we need to have what was stunning to me, and I'm sure you experienced it as well, John, is how ignorant the legislature was, uh, state legislatures, of their role in certifying and managing the election yep. at the state level. Um, most of these legislatures were not even in session, had no review of how the election was managed, did not and have no audit ability to ensure that local election officials who are part of the executive branch actually follow the laws that the legislature put in place. And so I'm hopeful that we will start an effort where state legislatures all will have standing committees that meet and continuously meet from before the election through election day and through the entire certification process 
and which must report publicly and to the legislature as a whole, one, whether the laws were followed, two, if not, which laws were not followed, and who broke them, and three, whether the election, uh, you can have a, a faith in the result, and whether it should be certified. And then the body as a whole, the legislature should act. This should not be delegated to an executive branch, lower level official who's engaged in what uh, the law calls ministerial functions. In other words, they can't even exercise their own discretion. They just have to sign on the dotted line that the election was fine, regardless if they don't believe it was. So that, that type of abdication of responsibility and accountability helped destroy election integrity. And, and we must fix it. That's a good fix. Um, thirdly, uh, we must uh, have a ballot chain of custody. It must be followed. Yeah. And we had severe <clears throat> breaches. Yeah, uh, George is amazing, right? 350,000 ballots still have no custody chain? Oh, you, you know, everyone, and you saw this in this grant. These drop boxes were so-called secure. And you right. remember the promises, the video, yeah. and the logs, and all of that? None of that. None of it was followed. Me. Nope. No. And, and so that's another thing. Um, there's no need for drop boxes. No need. We have uh, expanded election timeframes. We've got absentee ballots that can be mailed. Uh, we have in-person voting now that goes on for weeks. There is not a need for drop boxes. When the ballot leaves the hand of government, there are no trained officials to ensure that the ballot is completed by the voter, nor is there the ability to ensure that the voter was not intimidated, coerced, or misled in the casting of that ballot. And drop boxes adds further problems as it relates to chain of custody and whether those ballots are properly uh, accepted by the election office. So we don't need them. We shouldn't have them. And, and that's another reform that is significant and important. Some form of voter identification is present in most states. And the, the Democrat Party is trying to eliminate that through HR1 and through other efforts, but it is reasonable to have identification if you're going to vote, and that includes absentee ballots. Um, Wisconsin had an absentee ballot identification requirement. It's just that the Democrat officials sidestepped it by this exception called indefinitely confined. That's another legal issue. Right. Um, but, but it was a unilateral violation of state statute. Yeah, and, and Wisconsin Supreme Court has confirmed that. That's an important thing. The Supreme Court has oh, ruled yes. that was illegal. Absolutely. Just as the Michigan court has ruled that the Secretary of State there, using COVID as an excuse, instructing election clerks to assume that signatures match yeah. rather than actually compare them was, was improper guidance to give to those election clerks. So that's another reason why you have to have this standing committee, so that they're engaged, they have subpoena power, they can bring in witnesses, and they're engaged during, before, during, and after the election to reveal these, these flaws. Um, another change that is structural is we're going to have to expand standing to challenge uh, the way that the election was managed. Right now, there's an extraordinary burden placed on a losing candidate to fund and review audits, and these audits are ill-defined, and they merely confirm the fraud. There needs to be a much more 
state paid for required audit process that is not going to be enormously costly, but is reasonable. There's a lot of uh, election experts that have helped already define what is necessary as it relates to machines to complete the audits, and, and that must be done. One other thing relating to the machines, the computer logs, which is the beginning of any forensic investigation That's to right. determine whether they would play with the software, must be made available to the public and both political candidates. Um, the failure to do so is really telling America, we're going to hire vote counters for you, and we're not going to let you see the work that they do, and you have to trust the result. Hmm. And no, yeah. transparency is critical, and these contracts that these election officials have entered into that keep that information private is wrong. It's wrong. Um, and then lastly, I, I would mention we have to have a broader audit and investigation into public-private contracts. And as you and I have discussed, we have uncovered some contracts, for example, in Michigan, right. where Governor Whitmer is giving COVID tracing information. This is who you affiliate with, uh, what your travel is, um, where you've been, your medical history, to Democrat funders and Democrat data. Um, uh, crunchers. And and that's wrong. This sensitive data should be held by government, not given over to these private partisan interests. And this type of private public contract was in full swing during the 2020 election. Amazing. Amazing. All of the, and we've heard time and again, there was nothing irregular about this election. There was lots of regular about this election. And Thanks to you, Phil, particularly in your work at the Amistad Project, we know a lot more about it, and yet there's so much more. What we do know is probably only a pittance compared to what we need to know before we can make final judgments of how our government served us in this past election. So we're, we're really grateful and um, want to ask you to uh, come right back on the show as you get new uh, information. Your work has been impeccable, and you've brought transparency to a place where a lot of people we're trying to uh, create a cover-up, and we're, we're deeply, deeply grateful for all that work. Thanks, John. It's my pleasure. All right. We'll be talking to you soon because this story is far, far from over, Phil. Thanks again for all your great work. Yeah. Thank you. All right, folks. We're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to wrap things up for the day. Okay. It's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. 
Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. All right, folks. I can't believe we're done already. Time flies when you're learning something important like new facts in the election integrity investigation that we have brought at the Just the News. These documents in Detroit, big documents, more exclusive stories coming in the next 24 hours. So stay tuned. Well, we got more to tell you. Now, before you go to on other things, I wanted to uh, I'll tell you about a great opportunity. So my wife and I have been married more than three decades, and so it gets hard to keep things going and to find creative ways to say I love you and creative gifts and, and um, things that will be meaningful and not just a gift card or a card or a set of flowers. Well, I mean, those are all good, too, and I'm sure my wife likes them. I know I like them when I get them. But my friends at Paint Your Life have an amazing product. Here's something that is going to last for a long time. Preserving a memory and giving someone a remarkable gift. What do they do? You give them a photo of your favorite family portrait of a family loved one. Maybe you lost someone during COVID or um, you, uh, you want to freeze in time a portrait of your family. They take that photo and they turn it into a high-quality piece of painted art. It can be oil-painted. There's so many different options. It looks like an artist sat there and you posed for 10 hours like the Mona Lisa. That's how good this product is. And when you give it to someone, they are shocked. Their heart is touched. This is a meaningful gift because it meant you put a lot of thought into the selection of the picture, the creation of the gift. And by the way, the folks at Paint Your Life can get it done in about three weeks. That's not bad for an original painting, something that's going to hang on your wall, not for three weeks, but for years to come. So if you like this idea, and I did, I just did one for my wife, Judy. I'm so thrilled about it. Paint, oh, by the way, shh, don't tell her. It's a surprise. She doesn't have it yet. So if you talk to her, keep it on the next name, will you? All right. So here's what you do. You go to paintyourlife.com. Okay. No risk. You go check it out. You, uh, if you don't love the final painting they send you, you get your money back. That's pretty cool. But because you're a Just the News fan, because you're a John Solomon Reports fan, you can get 20% off a painting right now. 20% off. That's a big saving. It's one-fifth off. How often do you get a discount like that, right? 20% off. All you got to do is text the word Just News, all one word, Just News, like Just the News, but Just News, all one word, no spaces, to 64,000 on your phone, right? So you pull out your phone, you set the two message to 64,000 and you text in just news and you'll get a coupon, a, um, a, a direct way to get a remarkable 20% off. And then you go to paintyourlife.com, you do your work, you upload your photo, you pick your type of painting and your size and a style and you take that 20% discount and you are on your way. What a great deal. I love these guys. I just did this for my beautiful wife. I can't wait to see the expression on her face in a few weeks when she sees what I picked. I picked a very specific photo of something that was very important, tough in our life recently, but important. And I hope it makes her smile. Might even make her cry. I don't know. But listen, a great painting, a great company, a great product, it will create a new way for you to give gifts. What a great idea. We're always struggling, particularly guys. We always have a hard time finding what is a gift that will say I love you or make a difference or 
touch someone's heart in an era when we have so much. Well, my friends at Paint Your Life have got the solution. Check it out. All right. Also, check out justthenews.com. We're going to have some more election integrity scoops, some more Hunter Biden scoops coming up this week. Some great reporting going on on the ground right now across this country by the Justin News team. So buckle in, get ready. We're not done with exposing the truth. And uh, we're grateful that you're here for the ride along with alongside of us at both justthenews.com and John Solomon Reports. Thanks for listening. We'll be back tomorrow. Until then, may God bless you. And may God bless this amazing country, the United States of America, as he always has. Talk to you tomorrow.